0: Discover limited time offers today at AvalonWaterways.com. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Excellent COVID news. Excellent COVID news. The only lingering doubt that I had about my own personal safety got excellent news on about COVID. Tell you about that in a second. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to Wrigley Field to see a baseball game, Chicago Cubs. I have. I have Uh, as well. It's pretty cool. Um, They do a thing, a seventh inning stretch, which they do at all ballparks. But they often have a celebrity's lead singing, take me out to the ball game. There at uh, Wrigley Field It's a long time tradition This guy does it I think every year SNL alum Movie actor Funny man Bill Murray At Wrigley Field the other day
2: This is what it feels like To be
4: 100%
2: Take me out to the ball game Take me out with the crowd, buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack, I don't care if I never get back, let me root, root, root for the cabin <laughs> if they don't win it's a shame, for it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball.
3: Oh man! I just had a brief moment of picturing myself being there in the stands on a beautiful day. Beer in my hand. Bill Murray singing the song. I don't know if he was listening to a different song in his head because he was in a different key. The tempo was weird. The tempo was weird. He was in a different key. I don't know. But uh, the really good news that I just heard about the COVID. So there is this Delta variant that's bouncing around the world. And, man, it's starting to wipe
5: out some places where they haven't been vaccinated yet. It's like the other variants, but they charge you double for your carry-ons.
3: <laughs> um, uh, so, I, you know, I still had some lingering concern about this. Uh-oh, is this the variant that's going to beat the vaccines, and now we got to be all worried again and put the mask back on? I'm, I'm going mask-free in California today for the first time. I don't have to wear a mask in this, but I just went down and got coffee in the hallway with no mask on. What a feeling. I know the rest of the I know those of you listening everywhere else, you're like, what are you talking about? I haven't worn a mask in three months, but here we were still wearing masks. Anyway, studies show that the the big vaccines that we've all taken offer protection against the the COVID Delta variant. So that is really, really good news that so far, all the big variants that are bouncing around the world, the vaccine works on. Now, there is a new vaccine out Unfortunately to them, I think they got to the stage too late, at least for the United States and Europe. The Novavax vaccine that is also more or less 100% effective at keeping you from dying. Uh, they can use it in all these other countries where they don't have enough vaccine, and and um, and that'll be helpful because a lot of the world does not have the vaccination situation. Remember, Japan, which has got the Olympics coming up here in just a couple of weeks, they're like 3% fully vaccinated in japan uh, three that's unbelievable whereas in the united states we're, we're approaching 70 percent of fully vaccinated there are three in a first world country like japan so you look at some of your s asshole, asshole countries as uh as trump would put it and they don't have any vaccination at all so it's good that there's another one out there the novavax um a couple more things i wanted to hit before i get to silliness although it might be important. And I'll save that for later. I'm not in the mood. You got to be in the mood. Five tools a chef would remove from your kitchen every single time. Um, I'm going to save the one that I'm most guilty of till end, till the end. Chefs go into your kitchen and take a look around and uh, see what uh, what's got to go. Dull knives. Dull knives make your prep work much harder and it's more dangerous. I've been telling my kids this. My kids both got their first pocket knives recently.
2: Ooh.
5: I remember when I got my first pocket knife. Makes you feel like a
3: man, if you're a boy, or maybe if you're a girl. I don't know. These are interesting times. But, uh, yeah, having a pocket knife, it seems like a step in your parents feeling like you're responsible and that sort of stuff.
5: Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, they've uh, they've entrusted me with something slightly dangerous. I need to not betray that trust.
3: Henry did some serious whittling when we were on our vacation a couple of weeks ago. I got a good picture of him sitting by a lake whittling a stick, getting all the bark off. Oh, that's awesome. That's some good old-timey fun right there. And I, I've, I've taught them to, you know, always cut away from yourself. So if you mm-hmm. slip, you don't accidentally stab yourself or whatever. And The other thing I've told them is you want to keep it sharp because dull knives are actually more dangerous. And that you have to, like, push harder or cut harder or whatever, and it's more likely you're going to slip and uh, hurt yourself. So they say get dull knives out of your kitchen. Get rid of countertop appliances that you don't use regularly. I should do that. I've always had things sitting around like you use this. The waffle maker sitting right there. What, do we have waffles once last year? What's a waffle maker doing taking up my entire counter? Milkshake machine. I don't even drink those anymore. <laughs> exactly. So get rid of that stuff. Peeling non-stick pans. S- using the pan that's got the stuff flaking off of it way past when you're supposed to, and that stuff is supposed to be really dangerous for you and can cause cancer. Not good. So uh, yeah, don't use the peeling uh, uh, dull and unclean can openers. I don't remember the last time I used a can opener. Been a long time. I'll a lot tell you of them
5: that. have the uh, the little peel tops now with them. Uh, particularly soups. I eat a lot of soups. I know you're not a soup guy, but they have the little... Soup makes me angry. Go uh, on. But they Similar to like a dog food, where they just have the little pop top on a, a lot of your cans these days. Can opener seems like it might be getting outmodded.
3: There's hardly anything sharper than the top off of a tin can. And man, you want to cut yourself bad. Oof. But um, the number one thing to get out of your kitchen, it says here the gross kitchen sponge. I've got this weird hang-up about replacing sponges where I just I hang on to that thing until it's just barely there.
5: Well, it cost you seven cents,
3: so... <laughs> I mean, you must be buying good ones. They're probably more like two cents if you buy them in bulk at Costco. So why am I not replacing the, the gross sponge more often? How often do you replace your kitchen sponge? If you answered every few months, then you're spreading more bacteria than soap suds on those dishes. A dirty sponge is a germ fest, warns this chef. The reality is you should replace your sponge every few weeks and clean it regularly with hot water and bleach in between. Toss of it if it has any odor to it. My wife could walk into the room and smell the sponge. Walk in and say, oh, that sponge has got to go. I just don't have that good a sense of smell.
6: An aggressive scent. But if you,
3: I don't know if you've ever done that, but if you you use the dirty sponge to wash dishes and then smell your hands, they smell disgusting. So those are your tips from a chef. Get Get rid rid of of that
5: stinky sponge. That cost two cents.
3: (laughs) Uh, They got a poll about some of these voting rules that are trying to be pushed through by various parties
5: to make it either easier to vote or harder to vote. Are these about new laws or like the ranked choice new ways of voting? Laws.
3: Laws laws. for voting as opposed to ranked choice, which is going to get its first great look with the New York mayoral Mm -hmm. election, as we talked about. It'll be the biggest experiment we've done in modern times in the United States with ranked choice voting. And if you don't know what that is, maybe we can explain that sometime, because it's pretty interesting. Some people think it could uh, solve a lot of our problems we've got with polarization and whatnot. Speaking of politics, Chuck Schumer, leader of the Democrats in the Senate, said something non-PC, which he's apologized for. We'll play that for you, among other things, on the way.
0: Armstrong.
6: The Armstrong and
2: Getty
6: Show. Last one.
2: I have found that my whole career. They wanted to build a, sh- uh, in when I first was assemblyman, mm-hmm. they wanted to build a, a congregate living place for retarded children.
4: Mm-hmm. The whole neighborhood was against it. These are harmless kids. They
1: just needed yeah. some help.
3: Chuck Schumer, so that sounds like he was on a phone call with somebody. And he used the term retarded children, which was a perfectly acceptable term when he was younger. Um, It is not the accepted term now, but he was uh, forced by somebody to apologize for it. Not a big deal in my mind. Not a cool word to use anymore, but trying to keep up with what is acceptable and what is not is not. He didn't mean anything by it. That's it. Remember when the New York Times said uh, a couple of months back, that in intent doesn't matter, what your intentions were don't matter. Like if you're using the N-word, if you're trying to just discuss the word and you say it, it doesn't make any difference whether you did it that way or you're calling a black person it. It doesn't matter, intent doesn't matter, which is a moronic standard. Uh, society cannot exist if intentions don't matter. Um, Chuck Schumer, who I don't really like or agree with at all about anything, Democratic leader of the Senate, uh, he didn't have any bad intentions there. He just didn't use the proper nomenclature of the day. No big deal. Um harmless foul Hunter Biden's artwork is actually good and will be worth a lot, experts say. Hunter Biden, according to this person uh who's the chairman of the MFA Fine Arts Department at New York City School of Visual Arts said Hunter Biden is actually a strong artist and I like his art and I think he can make a living at it. so there you go, 51 year old uh crack crackhead <laughs> recovering crackhead uh. And, uh, and son of an elderly president, Hunter Biden, and looking at his art, it's kind of that modern looking stuff. I I don't get modern art, um, but yeah. You know, according
5: to somebody who knows something about it, says it's pretty good. I find it hard to believe they would think it was good if it was just shown to him as an anonymous painting. I find it hard to believe too. I'm guessing that there's the
3: it's similar to like wearing masks. You feel like it's somehow a shot at Trump to like Hunter's art, Maybe, so people yeah. will probably buy Hunter's art because it would make them feel like they're fighting Trump somehow or something.
5: Have people done comparisons of uh, W's paintings with his yet? I figure I feel like that's coming on the. I don't the get my. Mo- I
3: can't compare because mo- modern art makes no sense to me. Uh, w, George W. Bush actually paints people, yeah. and I get that, and he's he's really good at it. Um. Uh Hunter paints, draws, and assembles collages. So he's a he's a triple threat when it comes to art. <laughs> collages. <laughs>
5: Is there a big market for secondhand <laughs> collages? Want a collage from a crackhead? Middle-aged crackhead? Sure, why not? Uh Hunter, so- you're a loser. A Russian, what was it? Power exec? What was his fake job over there? All right. I'm going through
3: some uh stories here quickly. The uh, the a pro golf Tournament, not the PGA, but the, 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 the level right below PGA, mm-hmm. which still would be really, really high quality golfers, right? You'd have to be. Oh,
5: absolutely. Better than anybody you've ever played with. To be are practically play a sorcerer compared to like an average player like myself.
3: Yeah, the Corn Fairy Tour, it's called. Average
5: player, I'm terrible. <laughs>
3: uh, it's golf's second level of competition with the, the PG, PGA Tour. Uh, an unexpected turn yesterday when a fight erupted on a green between two players. Not exactly sure how they got so chippy to start with, but one of them asked the other one to look for a lost ball, and then at some point... One of these golfers, and again, you're among the best athletes in the world at golf, and you're on a track where you could make a serious living at this. One of the golfers runs and jumps on the back of another one of the golfers and starts punching him in the head. (laughs) Wow! (laughs) Jumps on his back and is punching him in the head. Grown men! Um and they had to be separated and the one is filing charges and the other one is uh, t- you know arrested and taken off they didn't it, it's not like they handled it the way they do in like uh contact sports like the NFL or hockey where you consider it kind of part of the game this was just considered an assault and the guy was arrested and taken away for assaulting another player
5: which i think it was I wonder if you walked in his line on the putt did he drive over? ooh i've done this one before you drive over your friend's ball with your golf cart so it just gets kind of like embedded into the uh into the fairway that's a that's a fun trick to play. Possible it's
3: golf-related. Also possible that it's hottie-related. That one of them is, uh, that's where you're going to guess, Michael. I'm guessing one of them uh, has gotten involved in...
5: Even if that was the case, I'm curious, what was the animating event to make it happen there on the green and not, say, like, in the clubhouse? Right.
3: Right right there on the course where people can see. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you think that's going to turn out? You (laughs) just... You run up from behind. He's walking toward the green, and he ran up behind, jumped on his back, and started punching him in the head. Punch him in the balls. No, the head, Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley just uh, reprimanded, by the way, by TNT. He's not supposed to make any fat women jokes. Apparently that's a thing he does, which is not cool, although Charles is a very fat man. Um, So I don't know if that gives him any leeway, but he was told by TNT to not make any more uh, fat girl jokes, which is a thing he does. Uh, More serious serious stuff, Morgan Stanley, big financial firm, uh, boss announced yesterday, if you want a New York City salary, you need to be here come Labor Day. They said they're opening the doors back up, and people that don't want to return to work, that's fine, but they're going to renegotiate their salary. That's kind of an interesting take on this whole, are you going to work at home or work in the city? It's well known. Like, I live near, you know, when, when I got San Francisco right here, it's well known that you have to pay a bigger salary for people to live in a city as expensive as San Francisco. That's part of the whole deal. But if I'm paying you the San Francisco salary, I kind of want you to be here in the office and be able to, like, hey, hey, uh, Sean, can you come here for a second? If no. I'm If I'm paying you the full San Francisco salary. I'd rather not. If you want the I'm working from home salary, well well, then we're going to renegotiate. I wonder how many people will take that deal. You won't need as much money. Because you're living someplace cheaper, plus you get all the, the, if, the benefits of being at home.
5: Pulling numbers out of thin air. If your cost of living is 20% less, you could probably eat a 15% pay cut and still justify it to yourself.
3: Or you wouldn't even have to justify all of it if you get to wear gym shorts and Crocs, for instance. Oh, yeah. And uh, instead of a bet, you got to wear a nice suit to go into work, be uh, at the desk at Morgan Stanley. But there's another wrinkle in the whole. Remote working thing I hadn't even considered is that salaries might change. The whole we have to pay a lot to get people to be here in New York or San Francisco or wherever. Not anymore. We'll pay less and we'll get somebody who's working out of Omaha.
5: It's weird too because I would have ima- imagined uh, the financial industry is one of the ones that would be more adept to adapt to the operate working from home thing because it's have largely so too. numbers and stuff. And you, but they see they seem to be one of the biggest driving factors of no workplace proximity. Kind of the, the impromptu brainstorming stuff that happens at the coffee machine. We need that in our business. Anybody, which is surprising.
3: Anybody in big finance that can speak to that or, or whatever business you're in, do you think people need to be in the workplace? Like the, the whole idea of remote working is just not gonna, not gonna measure up. A text line is 415-295 KFTC. I'm trying to think, are there particular industries? I don't know why. Fi- like you said, finance seems to me like it'd be yeah. way more computer screen oriented. Zoom meeting oriented. Just looking you at shared
5: documents on the cloud and looking at graphs and making your decisions accordingly.
3: Another financial thing, I don't know if we'll have time to get into it today, but we should at some point. Legacy of the lockdown. There is $11 trillion in company debt in this country right now that probably wouldn't have existed if it hadn't been for the uh, pandemic. $11 trillion that companies borrowed to try to keep going during the darkest parts of the pandemic. You know, you forget how uh, about a year ago, there had nothing happened. There was there was hardly anything open. I wouldn't hardly anybody doing anything ab- about a year ago. And there's a lot of debt taken on for that. And uh, those um, chickens are going to come home, home to roost, as, as some people say. I'll never use that expression again. I didn't like the way it felt in my mouth. <laughs> it just felt weird. And you have chickens. I actually have chickens. Yeah, yeah. I'm a man with chickens. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. When you have chickens, you don't
5: uh, like it. You know, just... It's like an Irish person seeing everyone else dress up for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Like, eh, it
3: felt you know, it, it felt I, exactly it, the this same is way. Sean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. If you miss any of the show, you can get the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. If you haven't heard John Stewart on Colbert, you got to stick around for that.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
0: the Armstrong and Getty show
2: everyone's
6: waiting to see it They're
3: coming A All quick follow up on something before we get to John Stewart on Colbert from last night and this is a uh, it's funny and interesting so stay tuned for that it's um, f- interesting so we were just talking about um, you know the the never ending topic of how many people will end up going back to the workplace remote working etc and how Morgan Stanley in New York has said, "Yeah, if you're not in your desk by Labor Day, we're going to renegotiate your salary because we are paying you a New York salary for being here. We're not going to pay you the same amount if you're going to work remotely." And I wonder if that'll start happening in a lot of your more expensive cities, for, partially because you would make the argument, "Hey, if 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 we're here in San Francisco and I'm paying you to be in here and you're going to work remotely, well, I think I can probably get somebody as good or better for less."
1: That lives somewhere else. Sure, it, suburban Albuquerque, why not?
3: Yeah, why, why am I
5: paying the you-live-in-San-Francisco salary? The competition for those jobs just expanded exponentially. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, if you have a contract, then you're getting into you know
1: some, mm. some shaky territory. But.
3: Yeah, th- I wonder if there's any contract law around that. Like, I'll bet a lot of contracts n- never stipulate that you need to come into the building. It was just assumed, because of sure. course you would. Of course
1: you would. It's the only way oh, you can like do your It's like stipulating junk. you have to be alive. I yeah, mean, or wear yeah. shoes.
3: Nobody's contract says you need to wear shoes. Cover your genitals. Um, uh, but The list is endless. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then this from The Atlantic, which is currently out. Derek Thompson discusses the future of working from home, beginning with the question, who wins? Thompson posits that established, we've talked about this, established white-collar workers benefit and will continue to benefit from the work-life balance. That working from home offers others such as entry-level workers will need to make an impression on their co-workers will miss out on coffee runs and commiseration. If the pre-pandemic office was like a fine dining experience, a large group enters, sits down together and leaves several hours later, the post-pandemic office may be maybe more like a neighborhood cafe. People will come and go. You'll recognize some of them, but feel estranged from others. And the office might convey a sense of both vague belonging and day-to-day transience. Ah, uh, those of us with a lot of turnover in our industry already feel that way. Yeah, it was all the true. Is already bad enough of you. Yeah, you know, we used to joke about this, and then it just became true don't really take the time to get to know some people because you don't think they're going to be around very long anyway. So you just don't even bother to to learn their names or say, Hey, nice to meet you. You know, where do you live? You married? You got kids? What do you do for fun? Yeah. No point. God, I think back years ago, there's no way. There there are people around here I've worked with for years. I have no idea if they're married, single, have kids. No idea. And likewise. When I was early in my career, I would have been to... I'd was at. i been to everybody's home and them to mine.
5: I feel, I think it's illegal for me to even ask those questions of of modern coworkers. Hey, are you, well, what's life like out here? Oh, HR meeting. (laughs) What are your medical difficulties? Which way do you swing? Yeah.
1: Interesting. I can't.
3: Mm. Um, Anyway, switch a topic. John Stewart. Stephen Colbert became famous from being on John Stewart's show, if you didn't know that he was a reporter on John Stewart's Daily Show back when the Daily Show was like the biggest thing in uh, in America. And so John Stewart went back on Colbert's own show last night with Colbert having his first audience there at the Ed Sullivan Theater and uh, John Stewart got into some uncomfortable territory for Colbert.
4: I think we owe a great debt of gratitude to science. Science has in many ways helped ease uh, the suffering of this pandemic, uh, which was m- more than likely caused by science. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean by that? Do you mean like well, the, so this perhaps a, was, there's, there's a chance that this was created in a lab? There's an investigation. A chance? Well, but so, I don't I, know. I, I, oh I, my if God. There's evidence I'd love to hear. It. There's I don't a know. N- novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? The Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. <laughs> that's just, that's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then I, I asked those scientists, they're like, how did this? So wait a minute, you work at the Wuhan respiratory coronavirus lab. How did this happen? And they're like, mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. <laughs> and you're like, no, I, you the wait, name I, of your lab. Wait. If you look at the name. Look at the name, can I, let me see your business card. Show me your business card. Oh, I work at the coronavirus lab in Wuhan. Oh, cause there's a coronavirus loose in Wuhan. How did that happen? Maybe a bat. Flew into the cloaca of a turkey and then it sneezed into my chili and now we all have coronavirus. Like, come on. Okay, wait, okay, wait, okay. Wait a, okay. Wait a second. Wait a what second. about this? What about this? Second. Listen to this. Wait a second. All right. John. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's been an outbreak of chocolatey goodness near Hershey, Pennsylvania. What do you think happened? Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe a steam shovel made it with a cocoa bean or it's the <laughs> chocolate factory maybe that's it that could be that could be
3: so uh obviously colbert who is uh hesitant to buy into the it leaked out of a lab theory i guess because that would back up trump or something trump said it it can't be right it can't be that's so weird and I and mentioned earlier that's one of the reasons John Stewart's show was so freaking successful that even though he was you know he's', he's politically way left of me if something didn't fit you know the, the facts didn't line up with it he was willing to call it out mm-hmm. he didn't always go with his team no matter what and that's one of the reasons I think his show was so dang successful well and it's
1: interesting to hear Colbert, Colbert's desperation to get the, the party line in there. Wait, wait, wait. He's trying to interrupt this hilarious comedy bit to say, but, but, but that's unproven. But, but, but 19 scientists last February. But, 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 but.
3: Yeah, that is kind of funny. I didn't even pick up on that. He was, he, he he he's having one of his best friends on and mentors and interrupting him in the middle of an obviously, you know, written out, rehearsed comedy bit because he's so uncomfortable with for his audience and for his own side to even dabble in that, Isn't right? That, what a weird thing we're doing! It fits in with the whole mask wearing. I got to tell the story about what I heard on NPR again. I'll I'll tell oh, that yes. story next segment. But it, it fits in with the whole mask thing of how we just you know, there's no science to back up wearing a mask. But what if somebody thinks I'm a Republican?
1: It's just weird. I didn't. I well, didn't, it's no, idiotic. It's freaking. It's, it's it's subverting your intelligence in favor of your just a, a dumb ideology and I just don't get it
3: They roll on a little more with a John Stewart and Colbert here
1: You want to uh, say... Oh, I was uh, going to say, you want a quick word from Simply Safe before okay. we do that, or okay. yeah, Simply Safe Home Security. It's technology. Of, it's great technology. It's award-winning technology to prevent uh, burglaries and fire, medical emergencies from getting serious. But it's also a group of really caring people. It all comes together. Best security system you can buy. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to go to
3: simplysafe.com/Armstrong, and then it's going to take you about two entire minutes, if you have it, to customize the system for your home. Then it'll come to your home in about a week, and you're going to install it yourself in like a half and an hour. Not having people come to your home and it's a multi-deal. And then it's really easy to set the thing up, and then you got 24-7 protection. And not just kind of protection, but the best home security system out there, according to a whole bunch of different outlets that measure these things.
1: Just go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. You will get a free security camera for using our code, and it's a 60 day risk free trial, so you risk nothing. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Customize the system for your home. It's easy. simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. little more of uh, John Stewart on Colbert.
4: That could, that could very well be, and Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins and NIH have said, like, it should definitely be investigated. Don't stop with the logic and people and things. The no, name I'm... of the disease. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. The building. Wait a second. But I—it I, could be possible. You could be right. It could be possible that they have the lab in Wuhan to study the novel coronavirus diseases because. In Wuhan, there are a lot of novel coronavirus diseases because of the bat population sure, no, there. I understand. It's, it's like they're saying, like a wait a it's a local second. specialty, and it's the only place to find bats. You won't find bats no, anywhere. Oh why? wait, Austin, Texas has thousands of them that fly out of a cave every night, every night at dusk. Is there a, a coronavirus in Austin? Coronavirus? No, it doesn't seem to be an Austin coronavirus. <laughs> the only coronavirus we have is in. Wuhan, yes. where they have a lab called. What's the lab called again, Stephen? The Wuhan Novel Coronavirus Lab. I believe that's uh-huh. the case. And now, how long have you worked for Senator Ron Johnson? Let me tell you something. Let me tell yeah. you something about Ron Johnson. So how this is about a that? Conspiracy. So how about
3: that joke at the end Ron Johnson, if you don't know it, Senator from Wisconsin who pushes some of the most out there conspiracies that exist. So because John Stewart is willing to go with what is clearly the most likely thing, even though it hasn't been proven yet, the most likely thing, and Trump and Trump agreed with it, that makes him a
1: conspiracy nut like Senator Ron Johnson. Overlooking for the moment the fact that the New York Times, the Washington Post, Vanity Fair are all saying the same thing. That's amazing. It,
3: it really is weird. It Did really is that weird. That closed off to facts. Um, wow. one We haven't
1: heard the third one. You want to hear it? Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing
4: it, it, about science. You could be right. Here's, you could be right. But this is the problem with science. Science is incredible. But they don't know when to stop. And nobody in the room with those cats ever goes, yeah, I don't know if we should do that. Like, they're... <laughs> A few years back, I agree with you. Cu- if science can do it, they will do it. They will do it. They're like, "Oh, curiosity killed the cat." Oh, okay. Well, let's kill ten thousand cats to find out why. And you're like, "That's what science does."
3: Curiosity killed the cat. Let's kill ten thousand cats to figure out why. Yeah, that's pretty good. I was listening to a, a really deep podcast yesterday. Sam Harris had uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson on, and they're talking about life on other planets and all that sort of stuff. Intelligent life, and got into there's. There's a name attached to the hypothesis. It's somebody's name uh, that came up with this theory that any intelligent life will eventually get to the point that it destroys itself through its intelligence um which we are working on right now with either you know we thought it would be nuclear weapons for a long time might end up being a dang bat virus that wipes us all out or it might be artificial intelligence or it might be any of the things that 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 Mm -hmm. we're working on with our with our super smart something
5: really cool that we haven't even thought of yet
3: yeah or it could be a combination thereof right and that's what john Stewart was just talking about there um we, uh, we, we get so darn smart that we're capable of coming up with things that uh, can destroy us, and for some reason we don't have the ability to rein in that, that technology at the time.
1: No, well, that's because scientists aren't ethicists, and they're not philosophers, and generally speaking, they're not uh, well, you know uh, theologians. And it doesn't really
3: make any difference because if the science it exists, it's going to fall into the hands of nations that don't care about ethics. They're not even hiring ethicists in China. That's not on the uh, that's not on the table. So right. even having the conversation, it's bad enough. It's bad enough. It was if it was Europe and the United States with all this technology. Um, you know, we, we we would probably go too far with monkey-human hybrids. But if China doesn't care at all, they'll definitely take the technology to the point that maybe we destroy ourselves. Uh, speaking of the politics of it and how it warps our brains, i got to tell you what I heard on NPR today, driving to work around the idea of California opening today and we we'll finally get to take our masks off and everything like that. It blew my mind. It's just the different views we can have of the world based on our politics is way beyond anything I would have ever guessed. And I'll remember it for the rest of my life Uh, Anyway, that's next
0: Armstrong and Getty
3: Couple of things, couple of texts and tweets I've come across before I get to uh, the NPR story I heard today driving to work, which just blew my mind. Um, first of all, this, and I just saw this. So Kevin Faulkner, who's running for governor in California, former mayor of San Diego. If Gavin Newsom is recalled, Kevin Faulkner is hoping that he gets the the highest number and ends up governor of California.
1: But Moderate th- Republican. But he Good just man.
3: he just retweeted, um. I'll just read what the tweet is. This just happened at the Walgreens at uh, Goff and Fell Streets in San Francisco. A Walgreens, I know. And it's a video. I'm looking at it right here, listening to the audio. Uh, we gotta, we got to post this so you can see it. It's somebody taking a video of what happens now in cities like San Francisco. Here's a guy, looks to be homeless. He's on a bike, and he's got a trash bag. He's in the Walgreens. He's just grabbing stuff off the shelves, like armload, just shoveling it into the bag. Loads up the bag, gets on his bike, and and rides out while they're filming it. And the person filming it says, should we call 911? And the security guard, the mall cop there, kind of tries to grab the bag out of his hands, but they're not supposed to stop him. That's the official policy in San Francisco.
1: Well, Be- right, and if the city government doesn't care about theft, I'm not going to get
3: stabbed. Right. And uh Kevin Faulkner... um Again, who's running for governor, said this has to stop in Gavin Newsom's California. Criminals commit brazen theft with no consequences, while businesses and customers can do nothing but watch. And the number of, like, CBS's and Walgreens that have closed in the San Francisco Bay Area, it's a lot of them, because you just can't do business anymore. That's That's an amazing video, something that I would have never believed could exist in a modern society where people get to come. It's only because more people don't know that you can do that that it doesn't well, happen more often. The grocery store that I walk into all the time, you could go in there and grab a six-pack of beer every day and walk out and wave say, hey, taking my beer to drink for the day, see you later. They're not, you. they're not going to stop you.
1: Yeah, well, good news. Number one, I tweeted that earlier today, and we have it at armstrongandgetty.com. So if you want to check it out, check it out. It's there already. And by the way, speaking of Kevin uh, Faulconer, we, we had an extra-large podcast with him yesterday. That's also available at armstrongandgetty.com.
3: A uh, couple of other texts before I get to my NPR story, I got to fit in. Um, uh, about Crocs, most hospitals are no Croc zones because people trip on the shoes so often and break their lateral fibula bones. I don't know how often that happens. It's like the most more most worn shoe in America, so I don't know how deadly it is. But um, anyway, also this. Jack, uh, this is uh, to me not knowing the li- what the lyrics to songs mean. I don't know what the lyrics <laughs> to any song mean. I never even think about it. Um, I would love to explain every 21 Pilots song to you. They're all great. Check out the new albums, uh, Scaled and Icy. I will. I love 21 Pilots, but I don't know what their songs mean either. Is that the guy who wrote the songs, maybe? A Celeb Encounter? I don't know. We were talking about uh, Roger Waters and Another Brick in the Wall. I don't know what that means. I've never even stopped to think about it. I just what sing, I f- sing along. sing along. I sing along in anything? Boy. I sing along to songs, and I never stop to think about what they what they mean for some reason. I don't know why. That's I will not so be a party to this bull****. I don't blame you, Roger. That's Roger, Roger Waters saying he will not allow Mark Zuckerberg to use their Pink Floyd song for his Instagram ads. No. Which is fine with me.
1: So, and it would be a horrible irony if he did, since the song is exactly about the damaged stuff like Instagram causes, which uh, spawned the Jack Never Listens to the Lyrics uh, discussion.
3: Um, so I'm listening to NPR today and they're talking about California opening. So California is the last state in America to open. And I live in a city that will be the last city in the last state to open. But, uh, and they were talking to, they had a therapist on to help people deal with the idea of taking their masks off. And this is for (laughs) vaccinated people. And they had a, you know, you got to realize, of course, that, uh, all across the country, people been going without masks for months. For months, people have been going out with masks, without School's masks.
1: Schools wide open, restaurants, everything.
3: So they had a therapist on and and asking the therapist, what should people do that are still feeling a lot of apprehension about taking their mask off? For instance, if, if someone's uh, invited to a backyard barbecue, how should they handle it? Well, the first thing you should do, says the therapist, is she should say to yourself over and over again, I am safe, I am safe, I am safe, to try to calm yourself down before going into a backyard barbecue with no mask on. Outdoors, I'm assuming, this backyard barbecue, where even Bill Maher said the other day, I see a person with a mask on outside, and I think you are a blanking moron. Right. And also, uh, perhaps you should call the person who invited you to the barbecue ahead of time and uh, (laughs) get an idea of the lay of the land. How many people will be there? Will there be social distancing before you go? And also, If you're vaccinated, who cares? Why do you care? Why are you asking? And also, if you're still uncomfortable with the idea of going to a backyard barbecue without a mask, perhaps you're not ready yet, and it's okay to say to the person who invited you, no, thank you, I won't
1: come. Perhaps you're a neurotic mess and you need years of help yeah, <laughs> to get so, back to normal. So
3: instead of the host saying, what should we do for people who are so, so neurotic... Or mentally ill that they're still scared to go outside without a mask. No, it was to help people who legitimately, justifiably, are too scared to go outside without a mask
1: because they have zero chance of getting a disease. Ninety-nine point eight percent of people are fine.
3: How yes. could we be this different in the way the way the way we look at things in the same country, in the same state, ten miles apart? I know, it's astounding. If you're scared to go to a backyard barbecue without a mask, you're mentally ill. Do you realize that?
0: Armstrong
3: and Getty.